If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. I also serve as director of New York City's Hayden Planetarium at the American Museum of Natural History. And I got with me today Chuck Nice. Hey, Neil. Chuck Nice Comic. That's right. That's your Twitter thing, everything. 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 Chuck, Chuck nice. nice Comic. All right. Thanks. For, you're, you're, love you on the show. Thanks for coming, showing up for oh, these things. It's always my pleasure. And, and we have a special expert guest today. Yes, we do. With, he's sitting over to, the, to my side here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He undid his tie, his bow tie. It is the one, the only Sir William Nye. Sir William Nye. I, I gave him the, it's my personal sir for him. I don't know if the queen said that, but I. That's Bill. a matter of time. Bill. That's thank, gonna happen. Thanks for coming. Oh, no. No, no, it is I who must thank you. <laughs> no, it's great to be here, you guys. Today we're talking rockets. It is rockets all the way, because today we're going to talk about the Rocket City Rednecks. Hmm. And we have, uh, who visited me in my office, Travis Taylor, one of the stars of Rocket City Rednecks. He's like, what the, what, what, Rocket City? Now, by the way, this was a TV show that went two seasons on the National Geographic Channel, Then got canceled. Oh. But it's in heavy reruns right now, and so maybe we can get this thing back. Yeah, a little revival. A little revi- Rocket, Rocket City revival. Well, it's guys <laughs> that blow stuff up. What's let's, not to love? Let's find... Let's <laughs> no, that's the premise of the bit. So the premise is, there are these... So rednecks is now a term of endearment, I think, ever since the the redneck comedy tour. Right. And and Jeff Foxworthy. Jeff Foxworthy. And yeah. you know you're a redneck. Bill Envall. Right. And none of that was racist or anything. It was, it was fun, self-poke, you know, poking self-fun. Exactly. So that I think that gave the word redneck a little different kind of currency than when I grew up. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, you guys might have a different view. Yeah, a little bit of a different view. A little view. different right. view. But, mm-hmm. that, but okay, you know, mm-hmm. times move on. Y'all ain't from red. Here, I so so it features people now. Rocket City, Rocket City is Huntsville, Alabama. I I don't know how many other people know that. That's where the Saturn V rocket was like designed and built for going to the moon. And you can take a train track from there to Cape Canaveral. Straight. Straight in. So that's where they bring the supplies. Cape Canaveral, Florida. So here we have some engineers who are home homeboys, homebred, and now they just want to have fun. And and Bill, it, yeah, it's a, it was a reality show for geeky southern rocket scientist engineers. Yes. What a premise. Well, the the thing is, it's a reality show. When you say geeky, redneck, scientist, engineers, that totally smacks of fantasy. <laughs> it does. Well, let's find out. Well, just we all have this perception. Now, look, my, right. uh, I have family. I got family in Appalachia. I can, my nephew, I, this guy is my flesh and blood. I cannot understand him when he talks. With that said, we have a perception that people with southern accents are not Rocket scientists. That's, that's the shtick of the show. But here they are. Otherwise, you'd just be called Huntsville, Huntsville Engineers. Right. But it's rocket scientists. Ooh, Huntsville Engineers. Man, turn it up loud. Let's go, let's go to our first clip. Travis Taylor visiting me at the planetarium in my office. The production company was asking, well, what would we call it? And I said, well, we're in the Rocket City. It's got to be Rocket City something. A lot of people in the country do not know that the rockets that went to the moon, like this Saturn V you've got over here in your office, exactly. was built in Huntsville, Alabama. And, uh, and I said, you know, I've got it. 
we ought to call it the Rocket City Rednecks. I said, well, I don't know if we can do that because people think redneck is a bad thing to call people. I said, well, no, no. Let me go through the historical origin of the phrase. I've found through historical analysis at least three origins of the word redneck. But where it's pertinent to us is the southeastern United States, sharecroppers, farmers, all of the resources that they had on this farm, and, and they had to keep it going. Their family was there. If something went wrong, they had to fix it themselves with only the things they had available. On the spot, on, in situ, that's right. out of the garage. That's exactly right, or the barn, the barn in that yeah. case. <laughs> and they had rednecks and farmer's tans, right? And so they became known as rednecks. And then when we took the German rocket scientists from Pinamunda after World War II, they needed a place to go. They didn't really like White Sands in New Mexico. And Warner Von Braun saw the North, Warner, Warner Von Braun saw North Alabama and said it reminded him of home. And they said, let's move here to the Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville. You know, that Saturn V right there had something like two million parts. About a hundred Germans came over for the rocket program. A hundred guys are not going to build two million parts. It took a hundred German rocket scientists and North Alabama full of rednecks to put that together, and that's where Rocket City Rednecks came from. So we got to the moon on the sweat equity of rednecks. That's, that's exactly right. Saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. There you go. There you, ha- there you have it, man. See, that's look, notice there that you, go. you guys are right into your playing right there into you it. There you go. Well, you can't help but what talk I, like I say that. you guys, I meant y'all. Y'all, y'all. <laughs> You're right. So, Bill, that is the stick. I mean, you don't expect it, and they're that, and so there it is. I mean, that's how so they... I, so, I, I used to work in the oil patch. I don't know if you know this. In oil patch? In the oil, in the oil field. Right. And there was a perception of my bosses in Seattle that people with southern accents weren't that sharp. That turns out not to be entirely accurate. Well, yes. Well, that's the whole point of all this. Have here. you guys ever been victimized by generalizations or stereotypes? <laughs> <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Let me think. I'm going to have to go back a little For bit. For those here. listeners well, so, who are unfamiliar. So yeah. we got Werner von Braun coming to. Who's not, not, not African American. Simply the United States. Right. But Alabama. Right. To build. I mean, this, I, this could only happen in America. Absolutely. Right, we have someone who is making V two rockets, the Vengeance rocket, the Vengeance two ro- Vengeance rocket. Right, uh, for that's your that's your <laughs> that's German my German right accent. <laughs> uh, sending them, so he leads this program. By the way, at the time they knew that these kind of rockets would get you to the moon or get you if they get you off of Earth, wherever else right. they would take you. And so we have so a German rocket pioneer. Mm-hmm. Who was fought with the German army with his brain comes over to the United States is put in Alabama with the seat of the civil rights movement right and then makes the Saturn V rocket for the United States to go to the moon ahead of Russia America Only what a country it is no it is <laughs> remarkable America, America. say what else you say what else uh, Ma- but that is remarkable Ma- what a country let's go to my <laughs> next clip and find out what is this is it all in the family what is it let's find out what what his lineage goes. My daddy was a machinist for Warner Von Braun for, I think, about six to eight years. So he's got stories. These oh, are, he t- these he's folks, always got stories about... You know, about, folks like that got stories. Oh, he's got stories about mornings where Von Braun would come by and hand him blueprints, and they would build something, and they'd come back and lock him up at the safe at the end of the day. And there's one famous picture of Von Braun and a bunch of other famous scientists of the time and some politicians, and Von Braun's got a stick, and he's pointing at parts of the Saturn V, and if you look in the very top right corner of the picture... There's a young 20-something-year-old guy, and it was my dad. And the reason my dad got to be in that meeting was because he built the model that Von Braun was using for the demo. So this this is like family family lineage right here. Right. You know. I mean, well, that I, I suppose that that becomes the family business. That's the culture. Yeah. That's the culture. Because, you know, it's a rocket town. Well, the first time – did I tell you I'm like an adopted son of Huntsville? Did I – did I tell you that? Of Huntsville, Alabama? Yeah, yeah I'll get back to that. I'll okay. Tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. Well, you have a key to the city or I'll something? T- I'll tell you about that. Do you I'll have t- a valve to the <laughs> rocket fuel? <laughs> <laughs> what have you got there? You know, because when, when Vornabrumbar came to Huntsville, which is just a you know sleepy southern town, it changed the town. It, was, it, it transformed it into like an engineering center in the south. Right. And when I first visited Huntsville and I came off the airplane and I see the ads in the airport and it's aerospace and, and I said, That's I, right. this, yeah. is, this is not, I'm not in Kansas. Right. I'm not just selling cotton here. <laughs> Let's get but a little the, more about that culture that he, that he experiences down there growing up with his pappy in Alabama. 
I actually built a phase-switching interferometer when I was in the uh, 11th grade. So you were a redneck geek. <laughs> oh, yes, very much so. A phase-switching interferometer is a radio telescope, like the type at the very large array out in, in, in New, Mexico, New Mexico. The one that Jody Foster Yeah, the used, one in contact, right? Know, yeah. To listen to aliens. And the idea there is you take multiple antennas and put mm-hmm. them together to make a larger sort of antenna. And it won, you know, state-level competitions and took me to national-level competitions. And Did you just make it or did you actually do something? No, no, no. I, I built it. And then, well, if you're going to build it, you got to use it. Well, you didn't I mean, say yeah. what you used well, it for. Yeah, I looked at Taurus A and at Cassiopeia A. and, and Okay, so these uh, are the, the remnants of... Uh, supernova uh, remnants yeah, and possibly, possibly yeah. black holes in some of those. Yeah. You know, at age what? I was 15. So you were destined. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I got to ask. If you were redneck geek at age 15... Are you embraced by your friends? By, <laughs> or you slammed into the locker by the football quarterback? What is the plight of a redneck geek? You know, I think that's a lot to the benefit or whatever the right exact word is, but to, to speak very well about the North Alabama culture. When the production company uh, asked me about what we were going to do, and I told them we are going to do a show in North Alabama about really smart people, they really laughed. You know, they gave me a hard time about that. So then they started doing some research, and they started finding out that North Alabama, particularly around the Huntsville-Decatur area, the Rocket City area, has the highest average IQ of any other place in the country. Nobody gave me a whole bunch of crap. Our high school football coach, he actually was a member of the Beta Club. So the legacy was already established. Yeah, it was already there. Yeah. When I was working on my first Ph.D. in physics, there was a girl in the physics department working on Not many on her. people get to even start a sentence that way. Oh. For my first PhD. <laughs> <laughs> there was a girl that was studying with us, and she was working on her PhD in astrophysics. She paid her bills by working at Hooters. It, it you, pays the bill? The, the, the waiters and waitresses at the time, they were going through school. And no telling what you would be talking about at a restaurant. You might be talking about how you're going to solve this problem, whatever, and somebody else in the room would have some... Some way to input. add to it. Yes. Even the Hooters waitress. Even the Hooters waitress, <laughs> believe it or not. There you go. There okay. you go. Yeah. Uh, so this is a town where Hooters wait. Everyone's so smart that even the Hooters waitresses are smart. Yes. Yes. You know, It's like I could have been a doctor, but I'm surrounded by so many smart people. I could only get a job at Hooters. <laughs> No, she was working at Hooters, putting herself through school and yes, through school. Oh, okay. Travis Taylor himself has three master's degrees and two PhDs. And he had no, a self-admitted redneck, and we can all definitely call him a geek. He's a card-carrying geek. I love it, man. This is so cool. So, I just get a, I just get a sense of like seeing when I hear his voice, like he's like working on a rocket with overalls and no shirt, and with a Budweiser in his hand, you know, and, and, and uh, white gloves from the clean room, <laughs> <laughs> drinking his Budweiser yeah. with the with the white with the white gloves. Yeah, he's like when you when you walk into the lab, there's a sign out front that says no shirt, <laughs> no shoes, no science. You know what I mean? It's like it's pretty well, cool. Let's, let's let's hear a little more of this clip and just flesh out the. Comp- complete stereotype of the redneck culture. Everybody does have guns. We drink a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. We have pickup trucks. Yeah, exactly. okay. uh, we watch football okay. on Saturdays and Sundays. Checking each one of those boxes, yeah, yeah, right, right? Right, right. But the real essence of it is what we call the stay with it attitude. And no matter how hard something becomes, we've learned that we just stay with it. The plow broke down or something. They had to get the field plowed, you know, so they figured out a way. They stayed with the problem until they solved the problem. My buddy Raj on the show, he has a, a saying that we use. He says, uh, we don't believe we've bit off more than we can chew. We just have to learn to chew harder. Excellent. And that's sort of the philosophy that we live by. And that's sort of the way everybody is in the local community. And that's the essence of it right there. Mm-hmm. It's not giving up and rolling over. So if you don't give up, it means you have to keep being ingenious about how you solve the problem. Raj, my buddy's next door neighbor, is one of the production assistants on the show. But one day we were filming and they wanted to do this real fancy shot where they rented this huge jib boom. And that's this thing that's on a lever arm. It's like a giant seesaw and it puts the camera on the end and it keeps the camera level no matter what angle you tilt the seesaw. Well, they were paying something like $5,000 a day to rent that. Yeah, thing. that's expensive stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the PA is, you know, one of our neighbors. He production just went assistant. over, yeah, production assistant. He went over and he found an old piece of gutter drain pipe off of his house that had fallen off. Got some old weight set that he had and some concrete blocks and a grocery cart. And he rigged up 
a jib boom that worked exactly as good as the one that we were renting for $5,000 a day. I can't believe one of the parts was something that fell off the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't using it. <laughs> <laughs> the house doesn't need it That's anymore. Right. <laughs> I believe that Yoda was completely right when he said there is no try. There's only do or do not. Yeah, that's and, right. And, but what I tell people is sometimes there are do nots along the way to do it. Now, wait a minute. How many rednecks quote Yoda? Oh, almost all of us. <laughs> 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 we have a thing that we say around there all the time. It's may the force be with y'all. <laughs> that's <I love> that. <laughs> There's the culture right there. I like that. <clears throat> I do too. So what? That, so like I said, the show uh, ran two seasons, and this se- it was canceled for this current season, but it's in re- it's in reruns. I mean, it's all there on the right. internet, and then you can find it. And National Geographic is still airing it, uh, and so uh, I, I kind of like. I saw the show. It was it was fun watching scrappy off the seat of the pants ingenuity folded together with these PhDs and masters and, and engineer. Bill, you're an engineer, right? Yes. You got to feel this. Yes. Oh, he say he's okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> no, so the, the, the Bill's having on, a hard time forming a sentence at no, this he's moment. Not. Because he's listening. He's, <laughs> he's listening to you guys. So here's what I'm trying I to be respectful. Yeah. yeah. Here's so, what I'd like to know, uh, uh, especially since you said uh, from your, Origins in Appalachia, and this was at one point a farming town. Do you think it's more of a farmer's mentality? Like when people uh, lived on a farm, like you have to make things work. You don't have a choice. You know when people you can't went, call anybody. Right That's when people difference. went west, you, you know here we are. We're living in the middle of this place. Our nearest neighbor is God knows how and far. And he doesn't away. know what he's doing either. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to figure it out. You can't just call a handyman. Yeah. That's right. You gotta yeah. figure it out. Like uh, these guys, if you've been to Huntsville, they still grow cotton everywhere, and there's a lot of machinery involved. In yes, that. and so these this is just part of the deal. You just you get used to being around machines. What to expect from machines? What maintenance machines need? Well, in Huntsville, Alabama, remember I said earlier in the broadcast, I'm kind of an adopted son. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, because I, I there's a rocket, a, a scale model of the Saturn V rocket in my office. It's about five feet tall. And it's not just like plastic. It's, I mean, maybe plastic, but it's engineers. It's, it's an, beautiful. It's, it's, it's a it's, it, it, details. It's beautiful. It's a Details. gift. It's a detailed it was scale a model. gift from the the, the 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 rocket center down there, because they have a Saturn V that's in captivity. Well, they have two Saturn Vs. One is visible from everywhere, right? And I suppose you can like point your driving to by. That. There it is. There it is. There giant it is. Giant thing. It's a three hundred feet tall. It's a thing sticking up out of the ground. Hundred meters straight and up. And they have another Saturn V in captivity. In the Huntsville Space and Rocket Center. Now, in captivity, does this thing have a tendency to escape? Well, <laughs> is somebody going to light the fuse? It's, so it's got actual it's, it's kept flight it, tested parts. It's that kept under a roof. Would safe. have flown in Apollo 18. Flight and, spares, and other, as we flight say. Flight spars, spares, exactly. So they have sort of an exploded view. So you can see the different segments of it and you walk the length of it. And I said, this it's is huge. It's huge. It's huge. One of the five nozzles at the back, you can hold a tea party for five. In each one of the five nozzles, that's that's how big this thing We're was. We're throwing money at it, and we went to the moon. That, okay, so so I was on a committee for ABC News, okay, to select a, a list that would become the Seven Wonders of the United States. Okay, and I said, you got to put this, you got to put this, you got to put this in there. You you got to do that. And I was fighting other things. People wanted, and but I finally won, right. won to get my one out of the seven in there. And so that. Saturn V rocket in captivity is now one of the seven wonders of the United States. And they loved it down there, and ABC News went down there and broadcast live from the center. And since then, I got like certificates and stuff, so I feel like you're I'm an adopter. You're, you're a son. son. You're a son I'm of a son. Huntsville. Oh you're a Huntsville hero. Right off, Brother Neil. <laughs> Testify. Huntsville hero. We are listening to Star Talk Radio. When we come back, more of my interview with Travis Taylor. He's one of the stars of the reality show, Rocket City Rednecks. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, 
packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. We're back on Star Talk Radio. We're on the internet at StarTalkRadio.net, and we tweet at Star Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. And my two guests, Chuck Nice, yes sir, he tweets at Star Talk. <laughs> I, I do retweet Star Talk Radio. <laughs> you're but, you're uh, tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic. Chuck Nice Comic. And I've got the one and only who like now lives in town in New York. Now I'm going to like exploit that fact. Yes, he was so, he was he was out of my arm's reach in L.A. Now he lives in New York. Bill Knight, the Science Guy. The Science Guy is your Twitter handle. And I, I'll do some retweeting of the Star Talk. Yeah. So it's the Science Guy or Science Guy? The Science Guy. All in the Twitter Twitter handle. He's got the it. The Science Guy. So we're talking about Rocket City Rednecks. I just, Rocket City Rednecks. Uh, a TV show, which is a reality a show. TV show. A reality show <laughs> on, uh, on engineers. National Geographic. Yeah, for National Geographic Channel. Engineers who live in Rocket City, which is Huntsville. Right. Where With they built- PhDs des- in physics. Designed and built the Saturn V rocket. PhDs uh, and, and, in, and in master's degrees. And they're engineers and the family affairs. And they just do weird stuff applying their- they blow stuff up. Engineering intellect. What's not to, to love? It. To it. And it comes down to, you know, building stuff. Like- you use physics to make things happen, make things go, run, or happen. That's did, our business. Did you have a garage growing up, Bill? No, but we did you make stuff? Did you, yes. did you blow things up? Did you blow stuff up? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so <laughs> yes. out of control. Yes. But no, not Let's out of control. Let's find out about blowing stuff up. What you want to do is blow stuff up without injuring yourself. That's key. I don't think anyone who injures themselves had planned to do so at any time. Well, you got to take it seriously. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to my first clip with Travis Taylor, one of the stars of that reality show. See what he says. We did build a rocket that was man capable for under ten thousand dollars, but we didn't return our crash chest dummy back very safely. <laughs> well, it was supposed to, but the avionics Wait, we so used failed. Was this so. a human crash chest dummy? <laughs> well, it was human sized. Uh, we had a mannequin in there. And, uh, we named him Yuri because our idea was he was going to bail out like Yuri Gagarin had to. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? He didn't yeah. actually ride his capsule all the way down. He bailed out. Okay. And so we were going to do the same thing, and we sent him up to a mile, and we turned over, and the avionics didn't fire the pyro, so he was stuck in there, and he rode it all the way back down to the ground. We missed the fourth tee-off spot of one of the local golf courses by about 10 feet. Mm. They don't oh. let us play golf there. Then. <laughs> but none of us play golf anyway. What's your favorite explosive? My favorite explosive. Thing. No, no, favorite household explosive. Oh, favorite household Otherwise, you can just go explosive. to get some TNT, right? So. Right, right. I like them all, but they all have different applications. 
right? They all have different applications. So that's uh, a book waiting to be written. You well, know. what to do with the different explosives that yeah, are available? The in FBI would show up at your house the next day <laughs> if you did that, I think. But yeah, we actually had an episode where we played around with homemade explosives. My nephew's boss had a barn that was about to fall down out in his field, and he was wanting to put cows out in that field, and he was afraid the barn was going to fall on his cows if they bumped up against it. So you take out the barn first. Well, we had so much rain, you couldn't get in there with uh, construction equipment back in the spring, and my nephew's like, I'm going to have to pull that thing apart, board at a time. I said, well, let's don't pull it apart. Let's, let's blow it apart. If it's going to be taken down anyway. That's right. So we had a little competition of who could come up with the best explosives out of stuff that we could find in Daddy's garage. Uh, we ended up using a mixture of, of gasoline and kerosene, black powder, and uh, uh, map gas. Well, everything with us is sort of a competition, and uh, so we divided into teams. And in this particular situation, my nephew Michael, my buddy Raj, who uh, are more of our technicians, they wanted to be on a team because they figured they could do it better than the eggheads. And so me and my brother-in-law, Pete, who is also a PhD physicist, we were a team. You're the eggheads, okay. Yeah, we're the eggheads. <laughs> and Daddy was going to be the judge, right? <laughs> so two of the guys who worked for my nephew, uh, my nephew called them up and had them go build two outhouses. Oh, okay, so these are the test. And they were the test stands, that's exactly right. And so we each had our own outhouse to blow up. So Michael and Raj, they uh, decided they were going to do just like the old pirate movies. They just went and got all the gunpowder that Daddy had in the shop and we're going to pile it up in the middle and run a trail out and spark it and let it do just like in the movies, okay, right? And there it goes. And it's yeah, completely yeah. unconfined. It's mm -hmm. just laid out in a pile in there. And then they went and drank beer the rest of the day while me and Pete were off working and figuring out a way to make this work. So we're at the chalkboard calculating the volume of the outhouse and how much explosive power we're going to need in the pressure waves and all this stuff. And uh, we ended up creating this MacGyver device where it's a tube that would put a charge behind a gas canister from a gas torch. And we blow the charge and it slams the tube into a pointy spike. It makes all the gas fly out at once. And this happens fast enough that there's still some residue sparks from the gunpowder. It ignites the gas and boom, blows up all at mm. once. So now you have a gas explosion. Which we have a, a confined much gas more explosion, much more effective. Than just it's a, a fuel air bomb at that point. Yeah. Right? When we go and we set the thing off, the black powder smokes and blows the door open, and, and that's about it. And then they were very disappointed. And uh, we blew ours up, and it blew the top off and the walls out, and it fell over. And we we're like, this is our idea. And uh, so we went from there, and uh, we started blowing up the barn. And the first time, we didn't use enough umph, and uh, the barn was still there. And so then we... That's a we, good barn. We, yeah, it was a pretty good barn. So we upped the ante and added, a lot, added enough. More power. And when we did, people called 911 from two miles away. Whoa. <laughs> Fortunately, we knew the fire marshal, and he was hanging out with us when we did it. So. Drinking beer. Yeah, well, afterwards, afterwards. <laughs> wow. So, so we're going to build stuff in your garage. You know, like the X Prize, one of the principles is we don't, we want, we want to democratize who has access to this. To explosive. To, no, to, wait. To, uh, <laughs> well, what is a rocket science. if not a controlled explosion to take you somewhere you, you different? You heard he's dropped the word unconfined. Yes. Yeah. And mm. the other thing I just love about those people is they up talking. At the end yeah. of the sentence, there's a question. Yeah. yeah okay. Is that called up talking? Yeah. With some map gas. <laughs> and uh, they did. Map gas, if you're scoring along with us, methane, acetyl acetylene, propane mixture. Just right. Just right. Just right. Not just wrong, but right. just right. So you, there's been trial and that's called what gas? Map. Map gas. Guys, the freaking city slickers right here. Yeah, I know. You've never I'm had sorry. to sweat a pipe. Yes, yeah, you no. never sweat a pipe. No, That's you correct. don't. And you know what else you never do? You never uh, create an explosion that has a mushroom cloud in the sink. <laughs> because, because, you you know, know what else we don't do? We don't build outhouses to test for that. However, <laughs> I got to say, I have blown up a few bathrooms in my life, so. We will not go there. Really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow. Is there a video? So anyway, the yeah, guy's an enthusiast. He's an enthusiast. And they and thought they'd have fun knocking this barn down. On Star Talk, we interviewed Peter Diamandis, who founded the XPRIZE, who wants people to build rockets in their garage to take them to the moon. We also interviewed the Mythbusters, yeah. who also talk a lot about blowing stuff up. I'm so, Bill, what's it. this about blowing stuff up? It's charming. It's compelling. <laughs> is this it's what, power. Is this what budding engineers do? It's, it's power. Yeah, yeah. It's controlling nature. It's taking advantage of these chemicals and making them do work for you. Now, notice... And making FBI's list. So, yeah. Yeah, so, to me, if you got something coming down near the fourth tee of the golf course... Right. ...and you happen not to kill anybody, that's charming and kind of redneck in aspect. But I think that's sort of... You've done something wrong when you get that close to... 
knocking uh, somebody's yes, head off. Yes, well, you get that close to humanity, period. <laughs> However, so is this it since, like, you know, you're an engineer just like these guys? And you know, oh, just like them. Well, yeah. you, you are. Kind of. Yeah, you are. Yes. So here's the thing. Does it start off, like, when you first get intrigued and you're first starting off, does it start off like, wow, man, just blowing stuff up, this is so cool, and then you get bored with just seeing stuff blow up, and then you're like, we got to do something with this. Like, it, or, or is it a noble endeavor from the beginning? What you're saying, is it a drug that they constantly need more of? Yes. So I just want to, before we go too far along, I just want to eschew, avoid the expression bored. If you're oh. bored in this world, you, you're boring. That's all I'm saying. So gotcha. what happens is gotcha. escalation uh, to your, to your right. uh, point. The drug about, reference, yeah. right? Yes. Or as so we call it, tolerance. tolerance. Yeah, so you start with paper airplanes, and that's pretty cool. Then it gets to be dark. Wouldn't they look better if they were on fire? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So, no, I would have gotten some flashlights and pointed yeah, to well, the thing. Well, the flashlights require batteries and interacting with the grown-ups. Yeah, Bill, I things. have never had that thought. Well, and you get a little older, Neil, see more of the world. <laughs> uh, so if you go to Huntsville, maybe you'll feel it. And then you get the rubber band-powered plane. Right. And it's going okay. Then you get it where you can steer it by bending the vertical tail a little bit. Then you think, well, wow, man, if we were to tape firecrackers to that and have two other guys light the fuses while we throw it, that'd be cool. Bill, when do and they where let do you? Where do you get firecrackers? Bill, when do they let you Somewhere out? Somewhere in Alabama. That's where you get them. <laughs> Pretty much everywhere in Alabama. <laughs> Bill, when, when do they let you out? Uh, some time ago, and they're very happy about it because there was trouble. No, but this is you'll guys you'll find it's quite it's quite compelling. It's how many people let's have find watched out. fireworks? Let's shows? find out. Let's Trav, I, I asked this, Travis Taylor all these questions. So let's find out what was the like most inventive thing he ever built. Okay. Our most imaginative thing we built an Iron Man suit out of junkyard car parts. Ooh. And uh, we did that in two weekends with less than two thousand dollars minus the energy source. We used car batteries. So I had two batteries on my back. Now the whole suit weighed about 250 pounds. You know, I was actually able, it enhanced my strength enough, I could curl a full beer keg with one arm. <laughs> That's an important task that somebody needs to be able to do. So what powers did this Iron Man suit have other than just to probably look cool? It was bulletproof from head to toe. Okay, it, 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 that's a start. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an important that's, start. That's pretty important. You uh, probably couldn't fly yet. No, you, we actually pounds. did some tests with some mannequins, and, and they didn't turn out well. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it, it enhanced strength, mostly the upper body strength. It allowed you to walk with all this weight mechanically. Without right? feeling the without, extra weight. Well, you know, it felt like you were walking with a pack on. But the whole suit, like I said, weighs 250 pounds or so. Right, right. It had sensors. It had a rocket launch platform on it i had a you could launch a rocket out of your like, well i had it mounted right here on my shoulder on my left shoulder and it mm -hmm. i had sensors in my helmet and joysticks that i could look through the camera sensors and it would tell me where the rockets were pointed just in case yeah you never know <laughs> all right why are we still using battery technology that's been around since the 1800s and why are we still using internal combustion engine cars it seems to me we should be well past this. Well, you're a physicist, so you realize that batteries, we've pushed them about as far as we can push battery technology. We're going to have to invent something else to store energy. Rather than just improve... Rather, rather than just improve batteries, because batteries are not going to go much further than they are. It's like rockets aren't going to go much faster than that, so to go... Using chemical fuels. Using chemical fuels. We'll have to invent warp drive if we won't go to another star system, right? Mm -hmm. So the internal combustion engine, the reason why we're still using it is because it's very cost-effective. Right? We've got plenty of oil around that we've been using for the last century, and we've learned how to use that oil efficiently in so the cars. It's so cheap. it's been cheap. It's the mother of necessity sort of thing, right? We have to invent something when we need it. And right now, we just haven't been forced to invent it. So the day the last drop of oil comes out of the ground, we're all going to your place. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> I think the next generation of technology is going to be something that we haven't discovered yet, probably based on quantum vacuum energy fluctuations. That's wishful, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a, a futurist kind of wishful thinking kind of guy. I'm sorry. While I was listening to that, all I could think of was if a foreign invader wants to sort of do a landfall on the United States and start taking heaven help them <laughs> they come across this guy with his car batteries on his back he's gonna lift a beer keg it's gonna be trouble curl a beer keg with his one arm now, did they run could, tests on the bulletproof could shoot rockets off his shoulder and you know and so you'll hear that thing there's a word that we have in english it should it should it should, it should it should it should fly that guy the mannequin should have well, it, yeah should have it's a should have yeah, too but then it sort of should have didn't work because so, i'm thinking of that movie red dawn 
I'm so, yeah. yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, if, if anybody tried to invade well, the United States. Well, that's why nobody will ever invade the United States. <laughs> well, for that reason right there. That and there are other rednecks that don't need an Iron Man suit. And those are the guys I'm really relying on. Because you can believe me, you know, when Bubba sees the, the Pinko Kami coming over the hill, he's not going to need a red, uh, Iron Man suit to take care of that. Now, gentlemen, <laughs> let me just say, what if... This gentleman is called Bubba. Yes, my Bubba, my friend Bubba. <laughs> I didn't know you had a friend named Bubba. I, I have, I what happens several... if Bubba encounters somebody dressed in a way that he or she does not approve of? That's when you get in trouble. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we get invaded, invaded. by right. invaded conventional by land forces. <laughs> yes, yes, conventional land forces. Land forces. The 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 the. The light, the landing craft, yes. the, the front gate dropped down Drops and they down. come running ashore. By the way, they would never get there. Do you know why? Because Bubba and his buddies would have a fleet of- Rocket sleds. No, little fishing boats that are just- <laughs> 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 I saw that movie. That's right. <laughs> All right. So by the way, I got to say, uh, Taylor, Travis, Travis, yeah. Mr. Taylor, mm-hmm. Dr. Taylor. Uh, I disagree that batteries have come as far as they can go. Oh, yeah. really? Got to say. Got to disagree. Well, I like, go. I like the controversy. Compare and contrast the battery you cat had fight. a kid. Engineer cat fight. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had ba- flashlights when you were a kid. You Absolutely. made reference moments ago. The batteries leaked. Yes, Zinc I remember carbon that. carbon batteries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even the alkaline battery will leak a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Right? Very seldom does a battery in your cell phone leak. That very is true. Very seldom. Look mm-hmm. how small the thing is. And it's very powerful now. So we're talking so, about improving it beyond this. So, so what do you have? Uh, well, we're talking about, and I'm not joking, the bipolar battery where we got uh, layers that hold the Chuck, lead. Chuck, that's really your cue. Oh, bi- uh, uh, now you know you just let us all, you just let the universe down. You on know that why? One. Because I had like three lithium jokes that popped into my head, and I went. And lithiums. We hope to not be involved anymore. <laughs> right. So lithiums. That's a hilarious chemistry joke, right there, everybody. That is hilarious pharmaceutical comedy, right there. That's what I we just, have lithium ion batteries. That's that's my, that was yes. the whole point. Okay. Yes. You get that, and then we but, also take lithium if you're a little bit crazy. Right so <laughs> do you have a a bipolar ex-girlfriend? No, I, I, I was that bipolar ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so what we'll do is get that lithium out of there, have the lead held up in another way, and then we could, dare I say it, change the world. And so if we had a better battery, if you're out there listening, chemical engineer, material scientist, venture capitalist, uh, attorney who enables a patent to, to be effective uh, with regard to the new battery, you will get rich. And dare I say it? change the world. Wait, so that means this is vapor right here because if he knew how to do it, he'd be doing it. Yeah. Be, <laughs> I'm look right. at the guy. Well, don't don't tell me that you know how to no, make No, no, you got to be 25. You got to be fresh out of school able to do chem draw tell your me, Don't tell me that we've reached the top of battery technology when you don't have the answer and you're soliciting it from the listeners. That's all That's I'm my job. That's all I'm, I'm saying. I'm science educator Bill. I'm not uh, I'm not battery maker. Bill. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not battery maker Bill. I'm Dude. science educator Bill. Yes. Peoples. Okay. okay, how about quantum vacuum fluctuations? I'd ask you, astrophysicist. I think it's a little not around the corner. Yes, definitely. And you know, it's this is this kind of magical thinking. But however, I will give him this: thinking big and thinking in terms of physics is a good thing. That's the, the way to go. Excellent. Way You're to listening think. to Star Talk Radio. We're talking about Rocket City Rednecks with Bill Nye, Chuck Nice. We'll be right back. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. We're back. Star Talk Radio. Chuck Nice, Bill Nye. Yes. Yes. My peeps. Yes. My geeky peeps. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's and my the, backup singers. Well, that's the sound of the whooshing rocket as it gets high in the altitude. <laughs> this is Star... We, I interviewed Travis Taylor from Rocket City Rednecks. Rocket City, Huntsville, Alabama. Came to my office. Aiden Planetarium. And so you're talking about them and you affect the accent. Yep. So we, we, we you got Your issue brothers. with that? Sue me. No, it's all good. No, it's, it's all good. He, he, he's he's a kindred soul. 
Yeah. Because the geek. He's got a P- two PhDs in physics. He's got two. He's and you have just the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. they, so they make rockets. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so you're killing not, my, my comedic he'll co-host be all here. Right. So uh, <laughs> I've just never been in a room where people can actually argue about who has more or better PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> I was careful to avoid any. Yes. <laughs> so he apparently he made he made a rocket for Jay Leno, and I didn't I didn't know anything about this. Fine. His mother, his mother, uh, his father made one for Werner von Braun, and he and made then, one for. Oh, he let, made one for. Let's Jay see Leno. where this goes. We built a thing for Jay Leno because we've been on his He's car. A car guy. He's he a car is a guy. big car guy, and mm-hmm. he called us up and said, "Come build me something." And so we went and got to stay for a week in his garage. Oh, and he man. let us use his tools. So did he try to get you to like work on his cars? What was it? Yeah, yeah. The, the deal was we had gone and done a science demo on his show uh, a couple of times. And he said... You blew something up. Yeah, we blew something up on stage the mm-hmm. first time. He said, oh, well, come back and do it again, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And he liked that. And he called us up and said, guys, why don't y'all uh, come see me? And so we get out there. He says, well, guys, I really like those steam catapults on the aircraft carrier that throws the airplanes off the deck. Mm. He said, build me one of those that we could launch a car with. And we are like, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> we, he said, well, go on out there in my backyard and, and look at the junk I've got and see if there's anything that you can use. And he had an old dune buggy out there. So we took the engine off of it and used the frame because it had good brakes, good steering. And then we rigged up a reservoir to store steam in. And then we built a piston that we connected to that car. And it's kind of like those stomp cars that have the air thing. If you stomp on it, it shoots the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of our idea, except Uh instead of stomping it, we had a valve. We had a tank full of high steam pressure. Throw the valve, and it would launch the car. And I calculated it was going to create several Gs when we took off. And I told Jay, I said, Jay, uh, you want to ride in this thing with me when we test pilot it? And he (laughs) says, absolutely, I want to ride in it. I said, well, Talk show host dies. Well, that's what my a, dad took me aside and said, son. You cannot kill this man. <laughs> you cannot kill this man. Well, so I said, Jay, do you have any health issues that we ought to know about? Because we're liable to pull some heavy Gs when we launch on this thing. And he says, well, about three weeks ago, I didn't black out until I pulled about 7.3 Gs when I was riding with the Blue Angels. And there I said, is. you're fine. Let's go. <laughs> so we get in the car and we get ready and we count down and I'm driving and he's going to push the button. And when he pushes that button, we went from zero to 40 in eight feet. <laughs> Forget the time. Yeah. Right? It was just eight, eight, eight feet. Yeah, go try that in your in your sports car. <laughs> and uh, we, I calculate we pulled about six and a half Gs. Mm. And it was a nice little thump. Man. Uh, I actually chipped a tooth. So Leno came limping in the next day. He, he loved it. He thought it was great. And actually, he got up and uh, he said, well, I, I got a show in Vegas in a couple hours. And he went over to get in his plane and took off. <laughs> Look at that. 6.5 Gs. Jay Leno's chin even got bigger. <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. What's that? What were you calculating there, Bill? I was Uncle just Bill. working. So he said 40 miles per hour. How many in ancient uh, English units, which you're still fond of for whatever reason? When the times are right, when you need it, you use so it. So here's one. What's 88 feet per second? 88 feet per second. 60 miles an hour is 88 feet, 88 per, feet second. per second. Okay. So it's two thirds of, of that. that. Yeah. I was going to go uh, the speed necessary to actually get the flux capacitor to take me back. <laughs> well, that's time. sort of what it is. So, 88 miles per hour. That's 88 miles per hour. Yeah, yeah, that's so 88. I'm, so okay. I just, when I hear that eight feet thing in there, I'm thinking that he's working with an 88 feet per second and the 11 and be that you take half of that because you know, it's a little. Can I, can I drop the word? Go for it. Average. <laughs> but there's another word I like to slip in there, calculus. Go for it. Calculus. Yeah. You can do a little calculus. Yeah, yeah. It gets to be a factor too, but I was scribbling fast, as you saw, because it's irresistible. But if you, so Chuck, in the break, you mentioned something about a cult, the culture of this. What were you yeah, saying? Yeah, I was saying, like, as I listened to him, and it seems like where he grew up <clears throat> in this culture, it's Rocket a cult, city. Rocket City. It's a culture of science. It's like when everybody is a maker or around makers or around science and it's just ever present, then. You do something different with you your do idle mind. Di- right, exactly. <laughs> you can't help but become a part of that. And, it, you know, there's got to be a way to actually do that nationally where we make. America rocket country instead of just Huntsville, Alabama rocket city. So we go from a sleepy country to an innovation nation. Exactly. And this is Neil deGrasse Tyson's big theme and also a theme here at the Planetary Society. 
Uh, if we disclosure, have... that man who just uttered those words is the CEO oh, of, the of the Planetary Society. society. Disclosure, Co- I serve on the board of the Planetary yeah. Society. Disclosure, Chuck has no relation at all to the Planetary Society. Not yet. <laughs> exactly. Not yet. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, uh, if we had, if the United States, if the world had this culture of exploration, mm-hmm. and this is everybody's going wild for Philly that came off of Rosetta, Catching up with Comet 67P, yes. CP, yes. Uh, this brought out the best in us. When you go to make things, you solve problems that have never been solved before, great things happen. And this and is the maker culture you're talking this about. This is the maker culture I'm talking about. I mean, it's really fascinating to see it in action. Well, let's watch another example of that in this next clip. I had the idea one night looking through my telescope at the moon that craters looked very parabolic meaning they look like dishes, like your satellite dish, right? Or like a radio telescope. And then I got to look in, I thought, well, you know, in the visible, we can see the moon. It's, and so I started looking up the albedo numbers on it, which is how reflective it is. And it's on the order of somewhere between 5 and 15% reflective. It's very low. what part you look at. It's, it's like tire sidewalls. Yeah, I mean, it's right. It's very low But it's still reflective. It's not zero. It's not zero. Right? And so I thought, you know... It cost a lot of money if we went back to the moon to carry a big dish. The bigger your dish, the more data you can send, mm-hmm. right? Think about your internet connection. The bigger the antenna, the higher the bandwidth. The mm-hmm. more stuff you can download quickly. If we looked at one of those big half-mile-wide craters that's very parabolic, could you just use the dirt as the dish and just put your feed horn at the focus, and would that work? I got my nephew to dig us a crater in the hillside there by where my dad lives, and we got some satellite dish feed horns that just happened to work at the right frequency that we needed and some electronics and hooked it up and we actually picked up radio waves from outer space with nothing but dirt as our reflective dish. So where that quote come from, the idle mind is the playground for the devil, but <laughs> yeah. except in Huntsville where the idle mind is the playground for like, radio telescopes. Radio back, telescopes. back up one. He got his nephew to dig him <laughs> a crater. In the hillside. In the hillside. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, that is yeah. amazing. Yeah, How yeah. big, I mean, dude. Uh, that's an extraordinary thing. Just no, no. So, f- forget the fact that he even did it. It's that he even thought it up. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's half the effort. It's thinking that up. That's to see. That's what I always say about engineers. I know we have so many scientists on this program. Engineers use science to make things and solve problems. He had a problem. Can I get radio waves from space? <laughs> well, I know. I'll dig a crater and that's just cool and then you just use the dirt and as your reflective and, you know surface. he had some feed horns he had some feed horns that you have you know in your because everybody has those in your closet around. anyway these are waveguides you down with waveguides so uh when you use just a wire it becomes an antenna but if you use a hollow thing it soaks up things that when the wavelength is short enough it's not magic it's science yes nice and so uh, this is an extraordinary thing so could it be that people go to the moon and just uh, excavate a crater a little bit, rig up a feed horn. Just and tighten can... up the, the parabolic shape yeah. a bit. So yeah. right. you've been to Arecibo, everybody out there. Uh, this is uh, There's a city in Puerto Rico called Arecibo. Okay. You like my accent? I it's like it. Yeah. <laughs> muy bueno, muy bueno. And muy so bueno. what we did was we, we I mean, the, 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 there, was, there was a natural crater in the ground mm-hmm. and said, hey, let's use that as the, the place we will mount a dish. It turned a whole valley into a radio uh, it's the, dish. It's the largest telescope in the world. And, uh, it still is. It was, yes. by the way, it was Dale Corson, uh, Cornellian, who rigged that up. And so this was, I think, during the good old days. Disclosure, Bill Nye is a Cornellian. He's ah. a clerical okay. error okay. over there. But the, uh, the, the thing that's amazing, they said they were listening for the ionosphere. But I think they're really listening for Soviet uh, nuclear tests. I kind of get it. And yeah, so uh, yeah. the thing He's still whispering be, that because yeah. <laughs> he thinks we're still. <laughs> so I, I don't want people to think that I'm revealing secrets. But it is a remarkable thing when you have the dish and you, you can't point the dish because it's the crater. Mm-hmm. The dish, the crater is un, unmovable. So you can't aim it to different parts in the sky. So what end up with is uh, the focus is not a point. It's a line. And you get that in your daughter's math class. Okay. She's in she's, 10th grade, right? She's in 10th grade? Yeah. These are my so, people. The, 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 right. This is where, this is where the uh, rubber meets the road for you as the 10th grade uh, chem student. The 10th grade's important. They're all important. You think about the influence of teachers. They change the world. 
and so we've uh, we've got to pay them. Did you get a chance to ask uh, Travis Taylor about any of his education? Well, I asked him. Uh, I, what I did ask him is, he likes making rockets. Does he ever want to go into space? Let's find out where where that where that lands go. I've written about fourteen science fiction novels. A lot of them are bestsellers, and, and I've written two textbooks. One is used in a lot of colleges across the country. Wait, what's that one called? It's called Introduction to Rocket Science and Engineering. Nice. And uh, so my friends always tease me about, I wrote the book on rocket science. And, and then I, I've written a, a few nonfiction books. And my newest one came out in November. Mm-hmm. It's called A New American Space Plan. The book is about how we've got to get the next generation of rocket scientists going, what we need to do to do it as a nation from the ground up. And hopefully it'll spark some folks into wanting to do this again. I want America to realize that our best days aren't behind us. Our smartest days aren't behind us. You know, we've been to the we moon, keep saying that. but that's not true. We just need to learn how to chew a little harder, right? Mm-hmm. We need to keep moving forward, like Walt Disney would say. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be an astronaut. I have an idea of a thing that we could use on the space station, and who knows? If somebody wants to pay for the ride, I would love to go with it and test it out. It's just a thing you want to test. Yeah, well, and go to space, too. Because <laughs> you just have to test it. Yeah, well, you've got to test it in space because it's an idea for something to make astronauts' lives easier. And you have to be the one to test it. Oh, well, I'm the expert <laughs> on the thing, right? Okay. That's only $20 million. Yeah, that's, that's there, right. I mean, for, you know, um, God needs a good sponsor. You come know? on, yeah, we'll get you. We'll, we'll yeah. start the movement. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little torn because had we been on our way to Mars now, all y'all would have been employed doing that and you wouldn't be doing a show on television. It's <laughs> yeah. like you got all these clever rocket guys doing a TV show when you should be making a Mars rocket. Well, I'd much rather be making the Mars rocket, but we'd be doing that on TV too. So maybe we'll do it anyway. Rednecks on the Red Planet. We actually had an episode where what? we... That's a TV sitcom? We actually, we actually had an episode where we simulated a Mars mission using an RV as our rocket ship and we couldn't go outside the RV without wearing spacesuits. This will be like the Beverly Hillbillies of the future. <laughs> so they loaded up their truck <laughs> and moved to Elysium Planitia. Valus Mariner. Valus Mariner. There you go. <laughs> That's some fun guys. Man. I love it. Man. Uh, everything's good. I wish you'd ask him about the beer can problem. The beer can problem. Can you say that in 30 seconds? Yeah, so the problem is uh, you look at a rocket, typically it weighs about as much compared with its fuel as the can of weighs compared with the beer inside. So very low. It's, it's mostly beer. It's mostly so, yeah, rocket it's fuel. Mostly mostly fuel. Rocket so fuel. if we have this plane that's going to skip off the atmosphere, this rocket plane, it needs to be very lightweight materials. Material scientists out there, get get going. Let's change the world. Once again, he's commanding other people. <laughs> like, he's Field Marshal General here. <laughs> it's Bill well, Nye's is... minions taking over and no, changing no, the world. I'm just a messenger. <laughs> it's an opportunity. It's just uh, you might go into genetics or something, but I'm hoping somebody goes into material science. Well, let me thank Travis Taylor for agreeing to be interviewed for Star Talk, and yeah. I hope National Geographic Channel might you know think differently again and bring the show back. But it is uh, you can find it on reruns, and they're, they're a hoot. Sweet. As they say, you've been listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. Chuck Nice, thanks for being with me as always. Bill Nye, now that you're in town, I'm going to call you again. You Bring moved it to on. New York. Bring it on. Can you handle it? Yeah. All both right. <laughs> you've been listening to Star Talk Radio, an episode brought to you in part by a grant from the Sloan Foundation. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson once again, bidding you to keep looking up. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 